Corey Murray, Charlotte Pan, Charlotte Pan. Hey, hey Boo, how are you today? Good and you. I actually want to realize that you and I both have like short names, and we could say the first and last name. The end with an I. Oh, I didn't even know that. Moment. <laughs> we are so kindred. I don't know why I love you. Okay, okay cool. so we're back. So Yolanda is homesick, but Yolanda Corey is so strong because she pushed through all week when everybody was like, "Girl, go home." And first of all, I loved when she was like, oh, I have a frog in my throat. Oh, and then it was like became an upper respiratory infection. Yeah. she. And then she still came in. But then she was like, you know what? I need to practice what I preach. Self-care. On the website every day. Self-care and keep my ass at home. So, And we are proud of her for that. Because yes, as strong are. as we are as black women, sometimes we got to call it. She did keep it cute at Afropunk this weekend. She did. Well, last weekend. And I was a little jelly, but that's all right. I missed it. That's okay. I we will it. not miss it. Actually, we need to put our prayers and write our intentions for going to Afropunk in Joburg in December. Claiming We're it. putting it out there in the world. Claiming it. But and speaking world, of strong women, though. Go ahead. Who do we, this this week's episode is very very special. Yes. As you put it, it's the end of summer. We we were on a break. You know, everyone's yes, winding down. Yeah. So we cooked up something. We put together something really special for you guys. Corey, you got to tell me what it is because it's once in a lifetime. Well, I'll be honest with you. I was. Not able to see this great panel down at Essence Fest in July. It's moderated by Tamron Hall, Jada Pinkett Smith, Mary J. Blige, Queen Latifah, mm. I'm Not Finished, mm. Niecy Nash, mm. the Mudbound director, D. Rees, who yes. I love from um, uh, Pariah. Yes, actually. yes, I was she about did to Pariah. Say it, a different word. Uh, Monica. Yes. And then Planned Parenthood director Christy Henderson, who I have known for a long time, love. Anyway, I was giving this a listen. And what I love about this panel, I mean, it's short and sweet, guys. Tamron Hall, of course, consummate uh, journalist, goes right to the point. She, yes. I love she actually has a moment where she goes, y'all, y'all know I ain't, nobody, I'm not working for anybody right now, so I can ask the hard questions. Right, exactly. She keeps that. it real. But there's this moment where Queen Latifah says, you know, Tamron asks her, like, what does she love about, you know, being in Essence, being in New Orleans, being around black women? Like, what's your message to black women? And Queen Latifah says, you know, I just love the movement of black women's mm. bodies. Mm. She said how we look in droves walking down the block. She said we just look right. And there is something about that that resonated with me because there is something about our swag. You know, men, yes. swag, you always think with guys. But, like, black we women, too. we have swag. We do. And there's a lot of swag on and this And magic. Panel. Yes. <laughs> That's why we yes. are magical. Yes. And I have to say, Corey, I know you weren't able to watch it in real time, but I was in the room. Mm-hmm. And what was I the energy got, like? ch- I mean, first of all, standing room only. People wow. were sitting on each other's laps, mm-hmm. girl. We, mm-hmm. we were like, okay, we're going to get in this moment. We don't care. Excuse me, sister. Can you see over my hair? Okay. <laughs> That's kind of how it was. Like, you look back like, girl, can you see over my hair? Okay, we're good. Everybody was just packed in there. But it gave you chills because Nisi just, you know, Nisi gives a word. A word. Nisi came on. Monica was opening up. Mary started off the kicked off the conversation, giving her truth. You yes. know, and we know she's gone through a lot. We've had her on the show, so this conversation was so special and so once in a lifetime that we had to share it with you. So that is what our podcast will be today. But before we give you that, we want to tell you we thank you for all that you're giving us, the love that you're giving us on Twitter. Yes. Please continue to use the hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. Tell us what you think. Tell us who you want to see. Tell us what you don't like. We're open to criticism. I know we always say keep it cute. Uh, But no, tell us everything. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We want to give a shout out to some some Twitter love that we've received. Which we love. 
Portia D, who's at Portionality, which I think is cute. So she cute. goes, it's Thursday. I'm in the office and the tea is made. You know what time it is. Time for Essence. Yes, yes girl. girl. I don't miss an episode. Thank you, Portia. And shout out to Kitty O'Shea um, at Always Loving Me 23, which I love. Okay, love yourself. She says, hashtag Yes Girl Podcast has been getting me all the way together. Hashtag late to the party. Hilarious. Yes, girl. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the party, boo. And thank you, Stephanie Windsor, who is at Steph Win 10. She said, badass bows and Yes Girl podcast reminded me to be my authentic self. So I suited up today because, you know, I love a cute heel. And the girl, y'all, yes. her he- her heels were so cute. They were like this light suede, gray, up, kind of like a strappy moment, number, strap up moment, which made me jelly because I still can't wear heels. Girl, where'd you get those? Tweet us. Tweet us. Tell no. us. But thank you for the love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, okay. We know that a good majority, a lot of our listeners are in Texas. Yes. We are praying for you guys. We Our prayers are with you guys. Um, everyone in Houston and the greater Houston area, Harvey hit you hard. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that you're still struggling even in this moment. Many of you are still trapped. And we're thinking about you. Yep. That whole region. You know what I mean? It's like all these small towns that, I mean, I heard today, there's so many shelters who are not accepting any more people because they're tapped out. Yes. And people need food. People are cold. They've been wet for days. Yeah. It is truly heartbreaking. The storm is unprecedented. And we know that the damage will, the damage that was done, things will never be the same. Mm -hmm. Your home may never be the same. Your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. your neighbors. um, You may have lost someone that you love, even a pet, you know, family member. We, We get it. You're hurting. But I will say, it has been truly beautiful to see the communities coming together down exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I, I know it's a, a constant clip they're using of that guy. He was like, where are you going with your boat? And he's like, I'm going to save some lives. Yep. You know, I've heard, I read yep. about somebody who came 120 miles on their boat. Just to came, help people. Just to help people. You know, and I have a friend, um, shout out to T. Ballard, who told me on Facebook that she has a friend who lives in Houston who set up a PayPal pa- account who's actually taking donations and she's sending pictures of herself going to buy the supplies and basically giving the receipts yes. of what she's doing with the money. And Absolutely. also, I want to shout out uh, Akiba Solomon and the work she's doing over at Cover Lines. Akiba is a former Essence editor. She's now executive director over Cover Lines. And her and Ayana Bird did a wonderful piece about where people of color can go to donate to how to donate money and other aid to communities of color in the Houston area. So check that out. We're also at Essence.com doing our work to let people know where they can donate because I know that's a big thing for people who don't want to necessarily go to Red Cross because of past issues with them. But it's out there where you can donate. And again, like Charlie said, we are praying for you, Houston. And actually, Southern Texas, Gulf Coast region, we are praying. And we're covering the great work that you are doing. If you have, you know, if you're out there and you're in the streets and you're helping people and you're doing the work, let us know. Tweet us. Send us a picture. Send us a video. We just want to highlight that we, we're coming together as a community. Mm-hmm. So what else did you do this past weekend, Charlie, besides, you know, come through your girl? Sunday night TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sunday night TV was so lit. <laughs> First of all, it started off with the VMAs, which I realized people were only watching to wait until Game of Thrones. Right. I watched it on Twitter because I was fully distracted on other channels. I cannot lie. The lineup just did not pull me in. Did it pull you in? I felt old. No, it did. So first of all, really quick story. I was down in Maryland and my mother, I was like, Mom, you got HBO? And she was like, no, girl, I cut my cable bill down. You know, blah, blah. I was like, what? I, I don't know what I was going to do. <laughs> so luckily, uh, Verizon down there, shout out Verizon, they were given an HBO preview. I signed her up for it. <laughs> 
immediately because i was like i need to watch because i needed to watch game of thrones and insecure and i'll be honest i am late to the game of thrones party that's all right you know i'm still catching up girl because i've watched it on and off sort of through the years um i I was able to catch up this season so i'm excited but i was laughing at lauren porter who works with us upstairs and she said how because of the break it's not coming back for 2019. Like two years. You know, there's a countdown on the internet right now. This already yeah. started. It says like 568 days. So my husband is a true stand and my best friend Summer and they get together every Sunday night mm-hmm. at our place mm-hmm. and they watch it and they're like, girl, just just watch. Like they yeah. did whatever. Yeah. But it's apparently they were satisfied with the finale. No, I was too. And I think I, what I love about not being a true, true diehard, I can go. I have time to go back and watch all Me too. Seven seasons. It's binge season, Corey. Yes, it is. You ready? I am. I really am. But she says, um, she, Lauren, go back to Lauren. She says she's going to read the books. That's a good idea. I like to read yeah. the books when I can, you know, and then watch the I'm movie. I'm good for, for both. See, I dedicated myself to Harry Potter, and that was a lot. Well, yeah. Speaking of a lot, Insecure was a lot. Can Insecure we talk was a lot, girl. Look, okay. So, a special shout out to Daniel's upper body. Girl, can we have a moment? Can What is that? What is that called? That V? <sighs> That the guy the, I just call it a male deep V. I don't know what it is, but Ooh. I'm always here for it. I'm yes. sorry, honey. I'm sorry. I love you. Um, I'm always here with the deep V angle. But okay, Daniel's body deserves its own post. We need to it talk is. about that online. His own but Instagram, everything. The scene heard around Black Twitter. We all know what happened. Yeah. Daniel finished on Issa's face in her eye, specifically, and she, specifically in her eye, and she, I mean, imploded. Right there on the screen. She went off, Corey. She was mad. Mad as hell. But I don't know why she was mad. I mean, she just came from the Slex Explosion Girl, you know, workshop. You just, pressed, you just brushed up your skills. She felt confident. I think it was because everything else in her life is falling apart. However, yeah. a lot of the girl groups and women's circles that we all chatted in since Sunday night, we're like, girl, you had other options. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, you can tell the brother the rules before it starts. Tell him what you, you know, what you prefer. Finish here, finish there. Don't tell me before you finish. Yeah. Like, can I get a heads up? Like, you know, I think you need to go over the rules of play. And Daniel did say, yo, I'm about to. Right. The real question is, do they know exactly the real moment? Like, was that in his control or not in his control? So we did an informal focus group <laughs> with one, two guys. <laughs> who were nearest at the time. Who told us that dudes always know when they're about to finish. So he maybe played her just like a little bit. A little bit. But she didn't give him the game plan. I'm just yeah. saying I'm speaking as, you know, sex expert. Y'all, this is what I do. This is what I cover. Tell him what you prefer. Don't let it end up where you don't want it to be. Either tell him what you prefer or, as they say, take one for the team. But her anger was so real. Like, I felt like she discredited him. Completely. That Did you see his face? Was, he was yeah, like, wait, what's what? happening here? What? You- I have to say, this is the second time she has disrespected Daniel. I think this, there will not be a third. I don't think he's returning. And I really thought Issa D was down for Daniel. I thought I, I thought I thought Daniel was a soulmate and Lawrence was not. I was I'm actually have let go of Lawrence in my head. Can I be honest said. with you? I'm not invested in Issa and Lawrence getting back together. I don't care. I, I don't. It doesn't to matter to me. Someone else. It doesn't matter to me. I actually want him to get up with his work bay. See, I'm not invested in Lawrence's storyline. And I love Jay Ellis wow. as an actor and as a person. But either. He, I don't know. I'm just not invested in his work drama. Or them getting back together. I want to see her grow and, and find out what's next. What are you thinking about Dro and Molly? Okay, girl. 
I don't think Drew's wife knows. Why did you just lean into me like Girl, you really know them and their I characters? I just feel, I'm like, sure. I have to, as a wife, I have to know how, wh- how this is going down next week. Yeah. I don't think she knows. And if she knows, I know she didn't co-sign on it being his childhood friend. You know that childhood chemistry is strong. It is. You know that like, are we friends? Are we not? What could we be? You know the ones you make a pack with? Like, yeah. if we're both single by 30, it's going down at the altar. And you, then you can always tell this, you can have this great story to tell that yes. you had this long love. We played yeah. on the playground. He pulled my ponytail. I've always known. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. And she's going to be like, yeah, girl, so I've been fucking your husband. It's been great. She's going to be like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I That's um, popcorn will be made. All I right. will be watching this. Issa, Melina, Apprentice, if you're listening, I need y'all to make these episodes a little longer. Please. Just like Game Please. of Thrones is a little longer than an hour, I need Insecure to be a little longer because there's too much to catch up on these last Do two episodes. Do it for episodes. the people. Please. Do it for, for the, the culture. For, for the, the culture. culture. But for the culture... Let's get into our fantastic Strength of a Woman panel from Essence Fest. Get into it, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the empowerment stage. Here we go. Are we ready? You ready? Here we go. Stand up, please. Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, Monica, Niecy Nash, writer-director Dee Reese, and Christy Henderson of Plan. Parenthood. Come on out, Take your pictures. Take your pictures. This is goosebumps. I have goosebumps seeing this. That's yours. What up? (laughs) So, you know, when they say we don't support each other, that we're not there for each other, please provide this as your proof. This is your proof. We ride, we die, we stay with each other, and this is living embodiment of that. Hey, Queen. Hi, <laughs> I love you. I'm like, oh. So whenever, I just saw Jada about a month ago. She's working to bring young people of color to the world of Hollywood, to the world of TV, so that they can have these opportunities. I instantly, when I think of strength and power, I think of you. Not in a monetized way in a jada pinkett smith way when you think of strength of a woman how do you define it uh strength of a woman is really having the bravery and the courage to be who you truly are um you know how society might identify what being a woman is or how other women might identify it that we as women have the right as individuals to identify being a woman for ourselves. And it takes a lot of courage and takes a lot of strength to do that. Yes. So when I think about strength of a woman, that's what you think that's about. That's what I think about right there. Queen, when they say black girl magic, what comes she to your mind? She is black girl magic. <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking, looking at it. I'm looking at it. 
What you're looking right at there. it right there. What what is that what does that mean being in the business for so long? And to what Mary J said, everything you got you earned on your own. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's how you don't teach. Black girl magic. Um, you know what? For me, it's that thing. It's that undescribable elixir that comes with a black woman. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that thing we ooze. And it, you know, I, I love coming to Essence Festival because I like the movement of black women's bodies. And I just love how we look in droves walking down the block. <laughs> You know what I mean? We don't look, we look right. <laughs> we look right. We look right. And we don't, we don't look like no other beings on this planet. But you know, when I, when I follow brown girls doing ballet on Instagram, when I see Willow Smith, when I see Jada's daughter playing guitar, you know, um, being herself, creating, you know, when I see young artists, um, when I see you, you know, representing us, um, dealing with the world, yep. breaking it down, yep. that is that magic to me. And it just looks different. It feels different, it sounds different, the touch of it is different, and it's us, and it's pure. And many wanna attain this thing we have, because it is like magic, mm. you know? And it's something special, yeah. Yeah. it's special. So um, I'm just glad that this younger generation is really embracing those words yeah. and really feeling like, yeah, I'm that black girl magic. Yeah. Because for a long time, it wasn't black girl magic. It wasn't the, the uplifting that should have been, you know? And thank God for Essence Magazine, showing that beauty, showing yeah. that strength in, and telling our stories and giving us aspirations, you know, things to reach for because we love to reach for something. We, we have that in us, that spirit in us. So all those things to me are black girl magic. Monica, Queen just brought up, you know, the next generation. You are a mom. I obsess over your daughter. <laughs> She's the queen. She'll be moderating this very soon. But it is about the next generation. Although we are all still doing our things, it's the message of how to overcome when things don't always work out the way you want them to. Exactly. I always tell people that sometimes you have to faith it till you make it. That's having the ability to believe in something you can't see, but you know it's possible, whether that's the job you want, the husband or mate you want, the life you want, uh, the finances you want. Those are all things that if you don't believe it, it's impossible. When you believe, you achieve. And that kind of manifests in all of us because I had examples like Latifah. I had examples like Mary. When I would get out of line, Mary was cool with telling me, you bugging, yo. You know, and, and in her own way, I knew what that meant. I need to pull it back and get it together. I think what happens is we're so afraid of seeing one another succeed that we don't encourage each other. But encouraging the next person allows you to be at your greatest. Right. So when you look on my page, you see me constantly encouraging because I'm not 12 anymore like I was when Dana and I met. I'm 36. <laughs> and then I got three little people looking at me and, and asking me the questions that I was fortunate enough to have people like them to answer for me. Right. So we have to do that for each other. You don't have to be a celebrity to teach somebody because everything you go through, you grow through. Teach, give, yeah. love, encourage, empower, and that keeps it all yeah. going. Yeah. 
And Nisi, that's the message we all preach, but you do it so beautifully as well. At any given time, if I look at your social media, you're, I'm here with my friends. This is this person. You yep. uplift everybody around you. Where did you learn that for, for us to stand tall, we have to pull everybody up around us? Um, I think what happened for me is that I had a lot of... <laughs> I love you guys. I, I think that what happened for me was that I, my background was filled with a lot of broken places. Um, you know, I, I saw my mother get shot when I was a, a, a young kid. My, my only brother was murdered. I went through a divorce and when I signed that paper, my, my ex-husband was my pastor. I lost my husband, my church, and my man, all with the signing of a pen. And, but, but, I, I, I decided that the sum of those experiences could not define me. I, I went through it, but I'm not that. Yeah. And, and I, wanted, I wanted to be happy no matter what. So I, I lost some people along the way, because what? They wasn't making me happy. <laughs> I, I, I ended up in a situation where I had to, when my mind changed about what I wanted, everything around me changed, and I, I purposed to get the promise. What is the promise? Happiness, love, being a blessing to others. I just purposed to be that in spite of my past, and that's how I pushed through. Yeah. And I think that's what all of you have in common, that you have been willing to take on unpopular fights, You've been willing to be unapologetic black women. And please understand, it's not easy. It is not easy to take on Hollywood, TV, music. It is not an easy journey. So these women represent the, the hard work, but every day it's a struggle. D, you are a writer, you are a director, and your name is not Spielberg. <laughs> that is not easy. The movie is phenomenal. Mary is in Mudbound. It, I told her I drank a whole bottle of wine after watching it because it is, it is powerful stuff, but it's also not stereotypical of what people would expect from a black woman. So tell me how you decided, I'm gonna shake up the room with a piece about us that they're not expecting. I just really respond to what Nisi said, like once you kind of change your mind about how your life is going to be, like the world changes around you. And so for me, I wasn't always in film. Like I was working in marketing. I was literally marketing panty liners. I was selling bunion pads. And I had to be honest with myself and think this can't be my life. Like I'm not happy. This can't be it. And so I quit my job. My parents thought I was crazy. I went to film school. I was broke and I started over because you just have to be honest about where you are and like what you want and like I just really really respond to that and part of the reason I wanted to be in a film was to tell stories that resonated and tell stories that I related to and identified with and things that couldn't be put in a box and things that couldn't be you know relegated or ghettoized so um, yeah. You say I mean. relegated or ghettoized. Yes. <laughs> That's very strong. That's exactly what you said and I think and, and you all know that at any given moment we can turn on and we see stereotypes of who we are. Queen, you've fought it in music, ladies first, TV, daytime television, movies. When you, when you see that in 2017, 
as Dee said, we're still ghettoized. Jada is still working to get us not just in front of the camera, but behind, which is where the decisions are really made. How do you score where we are? That wasn't scripted. That's all me. Because like, I don't have a job anymore. I ask tough questions here. I'm like, you should have shot that one to Jada. <laughs> I, don't know what the score, I don't know what the score is exactly. And feel free to jump in, Jada. <laughs> Jada's often quite elegant, but eloquent with these things. Um, I think it's a constant fight. I don't think there, there's, by no means is the fight over um, for what we need to do to find that balance. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to you want your, you want opportunity and you want fairness and let me earn it from there. Give me in the room, let me earn it. Right. And you know I, what I mean? I also think that, you know, as audience, as consumers, like we have a responsibility too on exactly what we're consuming. You might not know this, but you might think that these people on this stage have a lot of power, but you actually have far more power than we do, you know, because you are the ones that are consuming the product. You are the ones that are dictating what is going to be made, if you believe it or not. And so even as consumers, just remember that, that even if it's a project that might not pull your passion, just know as a people, we always have to support diverse, uh, just, you know, just diverse personalities, diverse stories within our communities. We have to remember that because if you're not buying it, it's not going to get made. I don't care what we do. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. support it. Absolutely. And you know what they say, black Twitter, when something, and this is true, when I left my show, black Twitter took over. I didn't think they knew my name in that building until y'all started tweeting. And they were like, oh, what have we done? We have this power that we don't always exercise. And Christy, with Planned Parenthood, you know, and, and by the numbers, black women consistently in the election, 98%. Yes. You are the most loyal voting bloc. I know we keep talking about angry middle America. And there is anger, but I always tell people if we had to weigh anger, black women, the scale would be like this. We win. <laughs> but we don't long suffer in the anger. We figure it out. And so, Christy, when you have this corporate world you're in, you're in a politicized environment with Planned Parenthood but you are talking to a constituency that benefits greatly from Planned Parenthood and some of the government programs that are in jeopardy, how does that affect you as our representative? It's a constant struggle. You know, I I'm, thank all the women on this panel who not only support Planned Parenthood, but support the movement for justice in our community overall. Um, every day that I show up to Planned Parenthood, everyone knows that I show up as a gatekeeper of my community before I show up as an employee of Planned Parenthood. So that's critical and most important to the work that I do. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough road and it's a tough balance, but whether I'm in the corporate space, because I've kind of done this for about 18 to 20 years, whether I'm in the nonprofit space, whether I'm in the entertainment space, my underground railroad in all of those spaces of my black sisters that are working to get it done is what helps me succeed and continue to grow. So, you know, we use the motto of lift as you climb. And that's what we do internally every day, or that's what I embody and do. And so all of this and the support of Essence is what's key and critical for me because I want to make sure that my community is protected right. and upheld first. That's beautiful. So I'll ask a lightning round. When you're in a difficult situation, Mary, and you've got to walk into that meeting, when you've got to face 
something hard, what shores you up? You said, obviously, faith. But what, what gets your, your spine stiff that you can walk in and battle it? Um, just knowing that I've done it before. Yeah. Like, I've done, if it's something, just remembering all the things that I battled and, yeah. and conquered and, and meetings that I was nervous to go into or being nervous to go on stage for the first time or being nervous to speak because, you know, I never thought I could speak. I always thought I was not too articulate. But just not being afraid and remembering that I wasn't afraid <laughs> and walk in that room not afraid. That's what I mean. Do you, what, how do you go in the room? I talked to Tyler Perry recently, and he said in the beginning he loved being underestimated. He was like, I like when you come in and think that I don't have a legion that will come and watch my movie. How do you shore up? For me, I just show up like, with, like every scene, and even like when you work with, with megastars, you work with Mary, you work with Queen Latifah, like I watch these people, you know, as a teenager, I never thought I'd be sitting next to them and working with them, but I come to it that, you know, everyone may be masters at their craft, and everyone may be masters at what they do, but we're all new to this particular scene, we're new to this particular line, we've never done this scene before, yeah. and so in that moment, like we're all new, and so as a director, you're building moments, and so just remembering like with actors and the cinematographer, we're all new to this moment, and so approach with that. That's beautiful. I, Monica, I, how do you? Yeah. I was just gonna say that it's so interesting because society will tell you, you know, to try to conquer your fear before you enter in. And I just feel like, I don't care if I'm scared, I'm still going. Yes, yes, I'm, yes, I, yes, yes. I can feel a way. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to put on my shoes and I'm still going to walk in that room. <laughs> and the three words that have pushed me through that place are no matter what. I, I don't care what. I, yeah. I, I, I've been to comedy auditions where I had to go in there and I wanted to be so funny crying the whole way there because something happened. But I wasn't going to turn that car around. Yeah. I was going to pull up in that lot, get that makeup out, smack it back down. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But that's true. I mean, Monica, people, sometimes we are afraid of no. But we, we've heard no our whole lives, but then you hear that yes. Well, I always say this from a parent's perspective, we're our children's first inner voice. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my kids really believe that they can literally do anything. Hence the reason every now and then my nine-year-old is trying to flip his dirt bike in the air like somebody he's been watching on TV <laughs> in the motocross or what they, they dream big. I continuously tell them that they can. And that's what my mom gave to me that's been irreplaceable. Everything that I ever said I wanted to do, she would tell me how great I'd be at it and how I could do it. So at 11 years old, when I sang in the talent show, my initial only reason for going was the $1,000 prize. That sounded like we were gonna be rich. And I'm like, listen, we got in my cousin's 280Z with no air conditioning in the middle of the summer in Georgia. And we rolled to the center stage, it ain't even that big. And when I got to the front door, she said, oh, you have to be 18 to enter. And I bust out singing the greatest love of all on the spot, like y'all remember Lil' Magic on In Living Color? <laughs> I think I we're all little magic. Baby, like clockwork. I'm kind of like Lil Niecy. Like, I literally, like clockwork, started singing. And she said, I'm going to let this baby through. I'm <laughs> and so I went through. I sang. I did win the $1,000 with an airbrush jacket on and a ponytail. I'll never forget it. Yeah. But what happened changed my life. I didn't know Dallas Austin was in the audience. Yeah. I didn't know that he would look for me for three weeks till somebody sent a message to her beeper 
which was all we had back then, from the barbershop and said, they looking for the little girl that sings the greatest love of all. Well, they found Lil' Magic, <laughs> and she was readily available. <laughs> and my mother said, I don't know anything about the music business, and, you know, I hoped you would be a pediatrician, but I believe that you can be anything that you want to be. So is this what you want to do? And it was, and I did it, and then my mother came back to me at 18 when it was the roughest time in my life, you know very well, and she said, you can always come home. So I was okay with not being mm. Monica the celebrity and going home and refocusing. Yeah. Yes. So my mother's inner voice is still there at 36. Yeah. I say it to any woman that has children, whether the father is present, whether your income is not great, whether you live in a one bedroom apartment and a six of you, whatever you instill in them is what will yeah. manifest. It is no lie, because that's the only reason that, that I believe. Jada said, know? that is real talk. So, because they, they're flashing the time here, we're almost done, but I wanna know, what would you tell your 15-year-old self? The advice now that you didn't know then when you were 15, 16, trying to figure it out, what would you tell yourself? Question. Yeah, we're gonna go lightning round. What would you tell yourself? I would tell my 15-year-old self that it's okay to be bossy. So, it's okay to be bossy. growing up, a lot of people use the, but you're so bossy. And I think yeah. that I internalized that to mean that there was something wrong with me because yeah. I was the most outspoken person, because yeah. I had a strong personality. I was a leader. I never heard them tell men or yeah. boys, you're too bossy. So I would tell all the young women and my yeah. younger self, it's yeah. okay to be bossy. Okay. Nisi, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to use the women in my life as an example of what not to do. Be Real talk, because the women, talk. In, the, the women in my life did not believe in love. They believe that, you know, all men are horrible. They believe that bad luck follow you everywhere you go. They believe don't, don't spend money because you need to save it for a rent. All of these random things that I felt like would just, I, I would tell myself, that's not going to serve you. Stand in a place where you believe the best is yet to come for you. And that is what you will receive. Yeah. That's what 100%. I would tell myself. Jada, what would you tell yourself? I just basically tell myself it's okay. Yeah. You know, because at 15 years old, it was rough, you know, and I brought a lot of pain out of my childhood into my adulthood that I'm just now dissolving. And that pain really held me back. And I wish I had known then that you know, pain is just an inevitable part, inevitable part of your journey. And it's not because you've done something wrong or it's because you're cursed or, you know, you're a bad person. It's like we're all going through it. You know, we all got pain. We all got a story. And so all we need to do is just support each other through it. And I wish I had known then, Jada, this is just part of it, baby. It's going to be okay. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Mary? <laughs> Mary's like, can we extend this, please? Um, I would tell my, you say my 16-year-old 15, 16-year-old self. self. Just yesterday. I would, I would, I would say um, love yourself. Yeah. Because people are going to love who you are yep. in the future. People are going to love you. Yes, they do. And we do. And we do. Queen, what... Because I feel like you knew it all at 15 or 16. <laughs> Lord. 
Oh, man. That's a tricky question because part of me does not want to give my 15-year-old self advice because I only know, you know, who I am right now. Right. Yeah. And um, I don't know anything other than this journey that's been my life. Um, I probably would tell my 15-year-old self, yo, you're going to be in a movie with Jada Pinkett <laughs> called Your Girl's Trip. It's coming out in 2017. <laughs> And it's the funniest shit of the summer. <laughs> Let's be clear. Excuse my language. Yes. <laughs> this is why she's a mogul. She's so like, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Let me tell you about what we're doing now. I love it. But um, I, I probably would chime in with loving yourself because that yeah. 15 year old, 15, 16, the teenage years, I did, yeah. I risked my life in a lot of ways yeah. back then um, for the purpose, not to try to risk my life, but there was, I had to yeah. see, I had to yeah. do. Yeah. And I needed to see what was out there, um, and, and I had to do it. And I would have probably made myself have a conversation with my mother with it, uh, about what I was going through and dealing with a little sooner. Yeah. Because by the time I was 17, I had that conversation with my mother. I probably could have saved her two years of crying had I known she was going through what she was going through while I was figuring out what I wanted to be in my life. Yeah. So I probably would have got a lot closer with mom a lot quicker. And I asked the question not for us to look back because you know I believe like if you're looking at roadblocks you're not looking at the road so but there are people listening mm -hmm. who will see our lives and again not connect the mistakes and the hardships. We've all been through a lot of things yeah. and Monica you were being a little magic <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell yourself then? You know what, I, when I went on the road for the first time, I was 12 years old. So my 15-year-old self was going through something way different than most. And for me, I oftentimes actually dig back to that age to remind myself of that fearlessness. Yes. I think I accomplished so much back then because I wasn't thinking about every single yes, move. We yes. think we can plan yes. a position when purpose is already there. You just gotta walk yeah. in it and live in it. And now I find myself at 36, I find myself thinking all the time. Overthinking it. And I'm yeah. like, but I did that. I wasn't thinking about nothing. <laughs> I wasn't. Matter of fact, a lot of times I wasn't thinking at all. <laughs> so. So sometimes yeah. I dig back to my younger yeah. self um, for help now. Yeah. And that's how I appreciate the fact that I grew up as a little girl that was, I was mad when my parents split up. Yeah. I was mad. Even though I knew it was the best thing, I was still mad. But now history has repeated itself. I'm married, my first two children were from a previous relationship and I find myself in this blended family, living my mama life like she told me I would in some type of way a while back. And I realized if I could have told my younger self anything, it would have been that it's not your fault. We blame ourselves for stuff that we have nothing to do with or we are simply born into. And I have to appreciate that I took those who kept me outside of where we were. Just little magic, greatest love of all, love singing loud. <laughs> I sang so loud, she ended up with my tape after I made one song and she flew me to LA. Sure did. And listen, when she knocked on the hotel door, we was in there like, Queen Latifah outside, <laughs> Queen Latifah. We, we were so lit. We country as hell, we ain't never seen no Queen Latifah. I love it. And then I opened the door like, hi. 
You came to see me? You know, I always been cool. Like, what's up, queen? Yeah, what's up, queen? What's happening? I'm glad you made it. You want to hear this song? Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Dee, what would you tell yourself? I can't top that. <laughs> I think I would, just, I would tell my 15-year-old self perspective and like all these little girls you're worried about fitting in with, like the cool kids aren't gonna be the cool kids in like five years. You won't even know their names. So be yourself and create your own cool. That's what I would tell myself. Create your own cool. So we know the movie is coming out. Before we wrap up, how fun was it on set with the movie? Are we it gonna was, see? It, it was, was so much fun. It was insane. <laughs> it was. It was insane. Tiffany Haddish is one of the funniest people on yes. the planet. Regina, Regina Hall yes. is definitely one of the most funny people on the planet. So smart, clever. Jada, this is like old shoes with us. We just yeah. bugging we out. We had so much fun. Mary made, a, Mary made a cameo on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> at the barbecues that we had over the weekend. Yeah. So it was just kind of like having family around. It was, it was like a wonderful experience. And Will made us, Will Packer made us feel like, you know, like family yeah. and made sure we were straight. Malcolm made sure we were straight. And I think y'all are gonna love, love this, this movie. movie. Like, this is our story. And we it's need our essence. We're yes. gonna love yes. this movie. Yes. And quickly, I just wanna say thank you for everything you're doing yeah. with what, everything you're doing with Planned Parenthood. We have to fight for that yep. because I went to Planned Parenthood with my mother as a child. It was always there for us, yeah. and we needed to be in our community. So please yeah. continue to support Planned Parenthood yes. and, what, and vote for people who will support Planned Parenthood. 100%. And call your senator call your this senator. week. 100%. ASAP. Well, I could go on. This could just, you know, go on and on and on. But the time has come to say goodbye. I didn't make the time. And so but guess what? You can see them in the bye movie, bye. albums, music, TV. There are plenty of places to see, but thank you so much. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting all of us. Thank Let's you. give it up for this incredible panel. Christy, Nisi, Jada, Mary, Latifah, Monica, Dee. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to all of the guests who participated in the Strength of a Woman panel down at Essence Festival. Gems. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl. Girl, such as our conversations with Angela Rye, Tashina Arnold, and Bozema St. John from Uber. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave a review and rate us while you're there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. Hey, Lou. We'll see you next week. <laughs>